It's 11 minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW in Sitka. Today is Monday, August 16th, 2021. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. Yakutat reported its first positive COVID case in several months last Monday, according to a press release issued by the Yakutat Department of Public Safety. The positive patient, a non-resident traveling in Alaska, was symptomatic when they tested at Yakutat Health Clinic and is suspected of contracting the virus outside of Yakutat. While community spread is a concern, Police Chief Jim Capra says the person is currently isolating and is not believed to have passed the virus to any community members. Currently, that's what our tracking says. We haven't found any places in town where the person crossed paths with folks. It was a a big concern because we had our uh, fair weather day, kind of our big annual summer festival on Saturday. And thankfully, this person wasn't there. While Yakutat has yet to implement any new COVID restrictions, in the middle of the busiest six weeks of the visitor season, Capra says the city assembly may soon change that. We have quite a few people traveling in and out of town for sport fishing and some for commercial fishing. It hasn't affected any of our policies yet, but the city and borough assembly is going to consider whether to take any action at the next meeting. I know that's on the agenda. Since the start of the pandemic, Yakutat has reported 23 total cases and zero deaths. Over 70% of residents are vaccinated. In part two of a series exploring the challenges and rewards of local commerce during the pandemic, KCAW's Tosh Kimmel spoke with one of Sitka's newest and possibly youngest business owners, who hopes to bring a specific style of vintage clothing to southeast closets. The small island town of Sitka is known for many things. Arresting views, abundant salmon, and even sappy rom-coms. What it's not known for is fashion. With an average 236 rainy days a year, Gore-Tex and Extra Tough reign supreme. And when I enter the garage, a vintage clothing and sneaker store in downtown Sitka, I'm wearing just that. James Comus, however, is not. In fact, you'll never find Comus in a pair of generic rubber rain boots. He prefers Jordans. Well, obviously, I got into streetwear originally when I was probably like a sophomore in high school. I was obviously a big Kanye West fan when he like started making his own clothes like the Yeezys I thought was pretty cool. Comus, the 20-year-old owner of the garage, is predictably dressed in streetwear, a more casual subset of the fashion world heavily influenced by sportswear and urban street style. While he may be Sitka's youngest business owner, he's far from a novice in the world of clothes. In high school I would always buy and sell Supreme as a lot of kids do nowadays. Um, I'd buy a couple pieces, just sell it on a website called Grailed, and you build a good community there. People follow your accounts, like all your stuff. It's like almost like a social media now for fashion. While Comus's love of fashion was first sparked by high-end streetwear brands like Supreme and Yeezy, he now finds himself more drawn to the timeless quality of vintage clothing. He was a sophomore in college when he stumbled across his first vintage find at a Goodwill in California and flipped it for a profit. I found a really cool um, NASCAR tee and I, for like 15 bucks and made a pretty good margin of profit on that tee. And it was just like this cool all over print and everything. The store itself is minimal and clean, reminiscent of its namesake. Inside, you'll find a mix of clothing and sneakers from the past, handpicked for a second life in Comus's shop. He leads me to an LED studded wall displaying various footwear. 
my favorite shoe on this wall is this one. It's the Nike React Undercover Collab. And they with this shoe, they did a cool design where it's like a see-through material and you can like source style your shoe differently from everyone just by your socks. We walk over to the six racks of graphic t-shirts, which double as the store's only wall decoration. Some of my favorite ones are sort of just the basic vintage tees. A couple of my NASCAR tees, which always pretty cool. I would say my favorite t-shirt in here is actually this one. It's just a cool graphic of duck hunting with the dog and a couple ducks, you know, just sort of plain and simple. From a business-minded teen flipping Supreme t-shirts to Sitka's youngest business owner, Comus's belief in his vision has never wavered, even amidst the onset of the pandemic. I dropped out of college pre-pandemic the semester before all this happened, so I sort of almost had like a head start on everybody. I've been pretty confident in myself my whole life. I always thought anything I can put my mind to, I can do it. So, so far that's been the case. And while secondhand clothing remains the heartbeat of his business, Comus maintains he's unlike the other local resale stores. His merchandise is not only highly curated, but the garage is one of the few stores in town which cater to Sitka's youth. I wish the younger community will sort of like build up Sitka, which it needs to happen at some point. And I think it just needs a little bit more of a younger spark here in Sitka. Despite the obstacles and economic drawbacks of opening a business in a small community during a pandemic, Comus says sales aren't his main objective. I'm not too worried about selling or anything I love, just when people come in and talk and, you know, hopefully I put people on some cool ideas and cool fashion things where they can express themselves differently and sort of find their own way in their walk. Like the cool thing about his fashion is like you on the inside going outside, like it's how you express yourself. And for Comus, sneakers are usually central to that self-expression. But if those sneakers are see-through Nikes, it's the socks underneath. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Tosh Kimmel. Petersburg School Board is finalizing COVID protocols for the start of school August 31st. At a regular meeting Tuesday night, the group agreed on many parts of a plan, including masking for staff and students for at least the first two weeks of school. KFSK's Angela Denning reports. The school board meeting went for four hours, and much of it was dedicated to the questions of masking, vaccinations, and travel protocols. The district had already decided to relax some protocols from last year, like keeping kids in smaller groups. At this meeting, the board verbally agreed to require masking for all staff and students until at least September 14th, which is their next regular meeting. They agreed to no longer require quarantining after travel, but instead require masking for one week and two tests. And they agreed to not relax protocols for those who are vaccinated. And the plan could still change, said board member Cheryl File. This still is in progress. We haven't finished. It's not set in stone yet. The meeting started out with a presentation from doctors with the state's Department of Health and Social Services. They explained the latest back-to-school recommendations from the Centers for Disease Control and the American Academy of Pediatrics. They said the Delta variant is a threat to children, who now make up 20 percent of people being hospitalized for COVID. At the Petersburg School District, 71 percent of staff are vaccinated, and 33 percent of eligible students, those 12 and over, are also vaccinated. Parent Alice Williams told the board she doesn't want vaccinations to be a factor. I strongly am opposed 
to any policies that differentiate uh, people who are vaccinated versus people who aren't, whether that be staff members or students. Most board members agreed, saying they didn't want different rules for the vaccinated. That came into play when discussing travel protocols. Most board members did support new guidance that no longer requires quarantining after travel for anyone, as long as they wear a mask for seven days and test twice. Masking was the most talked about topic at the meeting. It would affect who is considered to be a close contact to a positive case. New guidelines say if someone is masked and they are at least three feet from a positive case who is also masked, then they are not considered a close contact. That's different than last year and would prevent school closures, said board president Sarah Holmgrain. If that was the guidance this last school year, we would not have shut our doors at all. Another board member, Katie Homeland, said she also supported universal masking because it's the public health recommendation and because it could be a burden on staff to police an optional masking policy. This whole let my family choose potential plan, whether to mask or not, puts a lot on our staff to keep track of what families would like their kid to mask. Board member Megan Litster spoke in favor of optional masking, although she agreed to universal masking for the first two weeks of school. I'll say I'm 100% for not masking. I would want everyone to hear that <laughs> so that people understand. I think most of our goal is to not be masking on September 15th. Board member Cheryl File felt similarly, saying two weeks is a buffer for hundreds of students coming together after the summer. Gosh, I don't want masking, but that is something. I mean, what, what happens we are open a week and a class gets, then we're down. Some board members proposed masking only at the elementary school because children there cannot be vaccinated yet. In the end, they agreed to universal masking in K-12 until September 14th when they'll revisit the issue. In any case, all students and adults on buses are required to mask, according to federal transportation laws. At the end of the meeting, Superintendent Erica Klupainter said she'd write up a new plan with the latest details. She said it's been an emotionally hard time because the pandemic looked like it was letting up at the end of the last school year. Um, I personally have been kind of going through my own little grieving process about that and, and some, uh, honestly, a bit of anger and frustration about it. So because I'm just frustrated that we're here, you know, a year yeah. later sort of having this conversation again and trying to work our way through this again. She said she supports having a flexible plan for the school district, which the board can update as needed. The board will also be looking for public feedback before school starts. In Petersburg, I'm Angela Denning. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News.